the thing, Arnold, is that some of these kids, these youngsters, are not. They've never been out of their neighborhoods, right? Right. You know, let alone out of St. Louis, right. And and seen an ocean or anything like that. But they haven't even been out of uh, out of their neighborhood, and so we're we're taking right. them into a a situation or an area where there's creeks where they can go down and play and get wet. There's pirate ships, there's mazes, there's castles, there's hiking, there's, you know, bugs, Yes. you know. I was getting ready to say, Mark, just the little things. You know, all all the amenities are great, but just watching the kids freak out for seeing a skunk in person live (laughs) for the very first time in their lives. You know, little things like that, I have you cracking up out there. Welcome to St. Louis in Tune. I'm your host, Arnold Stricker, along with co-host Mark Langston. St. Louis in Tune focuses on issues that impact and connect the greater St. Louis area. Our topics include the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We have Karee Floyd on the line. He's the district director at Greater St. Louis Area Council for the Boy Scouts of America. Karee, welcome to St. Louis In Tune. Thank you. Good morning. I also have with me our Director of Marketing, uh, Mr. Dave Shambliss. Dave Shambliss, welcome to St. Louis In Tune. Thank you. It's good to be here. So, Karee, tell us a little bit about the Boy Scouts of America, or as as they're called now correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, the BSA. Tell us some of the current (laughs) things that you are doing uh, during this COVID-19 situation to continue to encourage having groups meet or et cetera like that? A couple of the things that we're talking with our units about you know, our, our Cub Scout packs and our Scouts BSA troops. Um, I think this council has done a great job of trying to provide uh, different program ideas that you can do on Zoom, different creative ways to to keep the kids motivated and engaged. Um, If you can get outside, we're definitely encouraging that because that's a huge um, basis of our program. You know, a lot of our families, a lot of parents are are concerned, and and the kids are sitting in front of Zoom and in front of the virtual learning all day. What can we do to get them away from the computer? So if if they're in situations where there is no other place to go because, you know, inside is still not an option in some areas, um, we're trying to get as creative as possible. Um, we're providing links and, and, and program ideas on our website for our, our leaders to go to so they can get some things going for for those kids. Now, so that's the biggest thing we're doing right now in the middle of recruitment. So. Th- that's, that's huge because, and you know, one of the things as I was reading and studying up on uh, the Boy Scouts over the course of their history, they have, you know, modified and changed and updated and things like that. Can you give us a little brief history of the job that you do in the, in the areas that you are a district director? Well, as it relates to the job that I do, um, well, Mark Langston is my boss, so most of the stuff that he says, I, I try to listen and get done. Whoa! Um, I, <laughs> I've got a microphone now for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. All of a sudden, his microphone's working. <laughs> I know. Curry's supposed to cut my grass I later today. I so. haven't found one yet. <laughs> no, seriously. The, uh, there are three major things that, that this job description does. Um, it's, it's fundraising, um, so raising money, um, recruiting, um, trying to increase our membership, and one thing that we call manpower. We're always looking for volunteers to help push the program and promote the program. And one thing that I have learned over the years, I've been with the company for 15 years, and I've been in St. Louis with this council for six this is my sixth year, and um, I used to be hesitant uh, about asking for money, especially in times like this. Mm-hmm. 
But one thing about St. Louis, we, we are blessed that we can provide mm-hmm. um, resources and assistance to families who need help with the membership fees, who need help with um, getting their kids out to camp, who need help with transportation. So I don't shy away from you know, the fundraising portion because I know that it's going back to the program, it's going back to our families who are going to need the help the most. But those are the, the three things that that the job description does for if you want to work for the Boy Scouts of America. St. Louis is a very benevolent community, and I think you've probably experienced that along the way here. Yes, I have. Now, I know the greater St. Louis area is divided up into different, what I would call regions or sections. There's quite quite a few. How Karee, mm-hmm. uh, how, how many youth are in youth and adult volunteers are in the greater St. Louis area council? Youth, we're looking at uh, around 47,000 youth. Okay. And we're looking at 12,000 volunteers, 12,000 adults, 12,500, I think. Wow. That's the last number I saw. Wow. And um, arguably, we're, not that I'm competitive or anything, but I think arguably we're, we are the largest out of 264 councils. St. Louis is probably the largest. That's the 264 councils across the United States? I would say the world, if I'm not mistaken, because I know we have a council in Italy, there's one in Germany, and there's one in Spain. Wow, wow, okay. I didn't know that. That's that's news to me. That's 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 great. Now, as it relates to the formation of, I don't want to say PACs, or are they PACs? Yeah, they've got PACs for the Cub Scouts. Okay. And mm-hmm. the groups, they're sponsored by schools, by churches, by who, who sponsors them? Yes. <laughs> you have some that are um, chartered by some of the elementary schools or, or, or middle schools. Some are chartered by churches, and others are, are chartered by civic groups. We have um, the VFW, Elf Lodge, um, Rotary Clubs, Kiwanis Clubs, things of that nature. How can an individual, if they haven't joined the Scouts, how do they generally, in a, in a non-COVID world, and then we'll talk about uh, the COVID world, in a non-COVID world, how would a youngster decide or how would they join the scouts well that's a a great question because right now we are in the middle of our recruitment so in a non-covid world um, people in my position or or mark's position would go to the schools we we have great relationships with our superintendents with our principals Um, and for instance if there is a cub scout pack which is grades k through five you know, working with those volunteers, they say, hey, you know, we've got the adults ready. We want to do our recruitment on, let's say, Thursday, October 8th. So I would make sure that, you know, everything is okay with that principle. Can I come in, you know, if possible, and get the kids excited to join? Information would go home, you know, to the parents and families. They would show up on Thursday the 8th, and they could sign up that way, you know. Or, you know, the contact information for that scout leader is always available. So they can, they don't have to, they're not restricted to that particular day, but, you know, that's normally how they would join. So you have like a general, uh, what I would call a, you're really gearing up for a, a registration day, but there is there are times during the year that uh, an individual could join also. Anytime. They can join any time of the year. Yeah, we do our registration time, and we try to get in early because, of course, you know, there's sports. There are also robotics, chess clubs, things of that nature. So the earlier that we can get in before they're um, – before their schedules and calendars start filling up, the better it is for us. But no. you can join any time throughout the year. Okay, okay. Um, and we also have options. Um, there's BeASCOUT.org. That's B-E-A-S-C-O-U-T.org. And families can get on the computer or phone and get, get on BeASCOUT.org, and they'll find type in their zip code and the closest 
PACs or troops to their area will pop up and they can join that way as well. Now, over the course of the life of the Boy Scouts of America, the BSA, and even in, in your involvement in what you're doing with them, what kind of changes have you seen? I know there's sometimes there's an ebb and a flow in my experience in, in the education business and being a, a school principal and having Boy Scouts within the building in our school. Actually, uh, we had a charter that we kept uh, the, the Scout Pack going and were very actively involved. As you see things happen in society, uh, are there ebbs and flows to membership? Uh, as you see, like technology always had a, had a boom in computers and gaming and things. Did you see a decrease in the amount of, of youth that participated or would join the Scouts? I'm going to let uh, Dave jump in on this one. <laughs> Go for it, Dave. He so, gave you that you know, one. <laughs> <laughs> to tag, tag I'm it. Um, so, you know, with all youth um, activities, uh, that ebb and flow, as you referred to, uh, you know, there's a whole lot more things for youth to do these days, uh, a whole bunch more things to be involved in. Um, so, you know, youth activity has been dropping off about 8% a year uh, across the board as a whole, especially if you look at like the sports uh, association and whatnot. Uh, for scouting, um, because there are so many other things for youth to do, uh, the organization isn't quite as large. However, as it is growing again, it's growing because of relevancy for the programs both in terms for the youth and in terms of the parents. Uh, so for instance, um, while we've always had STEM merit badges available, uh, now we have a much higher concentration of STEM activities. And then of course, um, and I'm sure you probably want to get to this fairly soon, uh, girls have been welcomed into our program as well, and that has uh, increased the number of youth participants. As far as parents go, parents, uh, what we find, they're looking for programs that are like value-based kind of programs. They're looking for their son or daughter to develop leadership skills. They want them to kind of be prepared for the future. They want them to give back to, you know, the community that, the community that they live in. And Scouts does that for the youth. Let me let me expand on something that you said when you talked about parents want their children to develop some leadership skills. What kinds of things do you do in the scouting program to develop leadership? My personal bias to this is we need more leaders right now than ever. And there is a void, there's a vacuum of leadership and people that really have my words now, the ethical and stick-to-itiveness and just, I, I, I'm reading, trustworthiness, loyalty, friendliness, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, reverent, you know, all of the things that the scout law is, it seems like we have a void of in leadership, politically, business-wise, educationally, and any kind of thing. So what, is the, what are the scouts doing to make our youth into strong leaders? I think that that Scouts offers the opportunity for young women and men uh, to become comfortable and confident in themselves. You know, they work as a group, you know, in a, in, a, in a troop or even in a pack. 
and they're given opportunities to to manage and to lead. And all of the troops have like senior patrol leaders, assistant senior patrol, and one learns from the other. And that group effort gives them the confidence to lead. And when they see it happen, they 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 really grow with that, as opposed to in some situations, adults given all the the orders and whatnot. Uh, our adult leaders are there to see to it that uh, everyone remains safe, and the youth pretty much you know, run the program, especially at the Scouts BSA level, the older, older Scouts. And then Karee can kind of add to that because, you know, he'll go out with his district and he'll actually see that happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave, that's absolutely right. Um, and when you talk about leadership positions, that can start as, you know, young at, at the Cub Scout level. You know, um, again, that's Cub Scouts is grades K through five, five-ish. Uh, Scouts BSA um, is the older program, you know, kind of sixth grade through 12th grade. When you look at the different situations that the kids can be in, um, different opportunities for leadership, even if it's a fourth grader, you know, giving leadership and guidance to the kindergartners, first and second grade in, on, uh, in that situation. You know, I, I enjoy seeing that. Kids that might come into a Cub Scout pack shy, um, <laughs> kind of apprehensive about making new friends, you know, seeing kids that are not necessarily part of his community or his or her school and to see them at the end of a year, maybe at the end of two years, you know, have no problem getting in front of the, their, their Cub Scouts pack and speaking or taking on some type of activity out of camp and leading it. So those are the ways I see the program, you know, really helping instill those leadership qualities. Also on the Scouts BSA level, as, as these young men and now young women are getting ready to start their trail to Eagle Scout, um, the different things that they have to do, um, being out in the community, um, working and building relationships with, with community leaders so that when they do their Eagle Scout projects, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're pulling from all these different relationships. The, yeah. that's, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy seeing those youth, you know, thrive in that area. For, at one point, they might not have been interested at all, and all of a sudden they find something that just, it just clicks, you know, some subject or some, some activity, and they're like, okay, this is what I want to do. And they have some Eagle projects that just knock it out of the park. So when we talk about Eagle Scouts... There's only one uh, president of the United States that was an Eagle Scout. I know this. I did my homework. Do you? <laughs> okay. Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford was the only one. That's correct. And then there uh, was an Eagle Scout that walked on the uh, on the moon. There was, matter of fact, there was only one of the moonwalkers who was not an Eagle Scout. Oh my! Or a Boy Scout, I should say, a Boy Scout. Okay. But it, Neil Armstrong was an Eagle Scout. Right. He, that's very true. You're, you're, <laughs> I've done my homework. <laughs> Yes, you have. That's impressive. <laughs> and then there's other, you know, there's we talk about Cub Scouts and we talk about the Scouts BSA, but there's also uh, there's also some there's the Venturing Scouts uh, the mm-hmm. program, which is for older kids from uh, 18 to 20, 21, I think. Uh, and then there's yep, the Sea Scouts. We have Sea Scouts as well, mm-hmm. which is more of a, mm-hmm. a a program that is out on the water a lot. So. There's even, besides just the, the basic scouting programs that you're aware of, there's these other high adventure. They're more of a high adventure scouting program as well. And how do, how do individuals get involved with that? Do they have to go through the uh, Scout BSA program to be part of, like, the, the Ventures program or the Sea Scouts, or can they just kind of go into those? Right. They can just kind of go into those. A lot of them right. start off, you know, in a Scouts BSA, you know, troop. For the young ladies, and that's another thing is we talk about, well, Scouts is letting um, girls in for the first time. Uh, that's 
kind of not necessarily true. You know, Dave and I kind of looked at each other. It was like, no, you know, again, between the ages of, what is venturing starts, I think, 14, uh, young ladies can join the program. And they've been doing that since, I think, 1997 or 1998 is when venturing's in the 60s. Yes. Oh, oops. Where did I get the yes. 97 from? Okay. <laughs> it's even longer than that. So you talk, I think what people are referring to is when girls are being able to join at the younger age, at the kindergarten age. You know, that's the new part for us. But, you know, girls have been part of our program since then, you know, the high adventure. And at that time, they couldn't get into a troop because that, that was all boys. But for the venturing, they could get in. And so they've been having fun and doing the, the high adventure-based stuff for a while. Do you find a lot of college students interested in the Ventures program because of kind, the kinds of uh, outdoor things that are done? Yes, uh, and the reason I say that is because once they, they graduate, they still try to stay as active as long as they can. They'll still try to stay registered in that troop that they, or venturing crew that they were part of, you know, in high school. So, absolutely. Yeah. Before we go into the break, I know it's coming up on us. But there's a couple of uh, high adventure things that scouting does. There's Philmont Scout Ranch in Cimarron, New Mexico. Um, I've done that myself. We go up in the mountains of New Mexico for two weeks. We backpack with everything on your back, your water, everything. It's usually about a 45 to 60-pound backpack. And you go up in the mountains, and you're up there for about 10 days. You have to tie your food up in the trees to keep the bears away from it. Now, why you would send your kids somewhere like that, I don't know. But, <laughs> but it's some of the most beautiful country in the, in the whole United States. And what an experience that is. There's a sea base down in Florida where the, the mm. scouts can actually go out on a boat and work on the boat, you know, for, for a week or so, like, something like that. So there's some really a good high adventure activities uh, that the scouts always do. And, uh, the, you know, that's just, just touching, the, I guess, the surface of it. They have the National Jamboree every year. Right. We're scouts from all around the country right. and around the world as well, even yes. coming and, and just mm -hmm. converge on one area. We had Scout Fest here in St. Louis last year. They had to put it off because of the COVID thing. But I think there was 20,000 scouts uh, in Forest Park. Wow. And what a, what a great time that was, too. And now the National Jamboree is in a different place, or is it always in the same place? It, it, it typically is. In, it's, so it's not, never in St. Louis. Uh, there are just a few places that they choose to have it. The I think the one that sticks out in my mind, although I didn't have an opportunity to go, uh, was the World Jamboree where it brought everybody from all over the world together. And that's where you saw the scouting world uh, just, just become one. And I looked at several pictures of it, and, and I wish I had gone, but, you know, we are one world. <laughs> And the youth, you know, just kind of gathered and just had a wonderful time. And where they were from didn't meet anything. They just had, um, they made lots of friends and just had a great time. That was in Japan, wasn't it? No, the, so the world uh, one was just here oh, in okay. the States. How are things going as it relates to regions? And if kids don't have the funds or parents don't have the funds for the the um, uniform or for some of the activities and I know COVID's kind of put a, a damper on those kinds of things but but what do you guys do to uh, help accommodate those uh, families that maybe can't afford to do all the uniform preparation? We absolutely have assistance for families that might be in need um, again whether it's membership um, some of the fees associated with with camping uniforms 
we have assistance for that. So we're going to do whatever we can to make sure that they can enjoy a, a great program. Mm-hmm. On the camping question, are you still doing those kind of camping activities? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And, and, you know, those are also the fun things. I've, I've been on some of those campouts, again, you know, whether it's a skunk or whether it's a snake or anything that, you know, the, the, the kids see for the very first time, you know, in, outside of a television or, or on the Internet, you know. But doing the, the campfire, doing the s'mores, um, just seeing how, you know, the camping activities go and spending the night out in a tent, you know, overnight for the first time. And in a lot of situations, um, the parents are, for the first time, those that are able to come and, and join, you know, and camp with their kids, you know, they're seeing it for the first time as well and seeing, you know, how cool the experience can be. It can be a very cool experience. Camping is a big thing for uh, a lot of the youth. I can tell you that. There's an outreach program now going on within the scouting program uh, for going up to North St. Louis, North St. Louis County. These are areas that do not have uh, a lot of adult leadership. So scouting is surrounded with adult leaders uh, that help to put the program together and to lead the the, the, the scouts in the right direction. And I, I think Curry had mentioned this earlier about it being boy-led. So when it's boy-led, you need to have adult leaders there that are kind of guiding the scouts through it. But uh, just recently, in the last couple of years, the scouting program has tried to go up into the North County area because what you find up in North County, unfortunately, is a lot of single-family homes with single parents. So you have uh, one single parent. You know, you're relying on that single parent to be a, a, a leader. And so that's not happening. So we've started an outreach program where they're able to, to, to take a group of, of uh, scouters and go into the North County area and start up packs and troops up in that area uh, to bring scouting to some of these areas and families that otherwise don't have the leadership because the parents work in two or three or four jobs, you know, there's a single parent family and there's just not the leadership there, the adult leadership to run the troops. So the scouts, the, the the greater St. Louis area council has put together an outreach program that actually goes into those areas and, and creates troops and packs and, and brings the leadership in that's needed so that these, these youngsters can get, I think, they can get experience in areas that they don't get at school mm-hmm. and that they don't get at home. So there's things that the scouting program does that you cannot get anywhere else. Right. Things that they do. No, he's absolutely right. And that's one thing that I really enjoyed doing. And I remember one of the programs specifically that, that I would go in, I think it was every other Wednesday and help out with. And, you, and Mark is right. It's always a situation where we might not have the leadership, you know, and so for the council to be able to provide, you know, that type of leadership to go into an after-school setting, because the kids always want to, I don't care what part of the city that they're in, every kid is going to get excited. Whenever I go in and try to say, hey, how many of you guys want to learn, and I have to say it this way so the principals and teachers don't get mad, but, you know, how many want to do it the right way, the safe way, to shoot bows and arrows or BB guns, slingshots, you know, play with bugs, you know, go camping. You know, they all get excited, and they all want to have the opportunity to join. But it's, it's very difficult, you know, in some of the tough-to-serve areas, whether it's urban or rural, to find that type of leadership. And our outreach program has really made it possible for, for kids to join, no matter what their the, the, the socioeconomic um, range and, or status. And, 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 the, and the Greater St. Louis Area Council just got a bus not too long ago 
where they can actually go into these neighborhoods, uh, take these these youth, and take them to like the Beaumont Scout Ranch, which is out Highway 44. But the thing, Arnold, is that some of these kids, these youngsters, are not, they've never been out of their neighborhoods. Right, right. You know, let alone out of St. Louis right. and, and seen an ocean or anything like that. But they haven't even been out of uh, out of their neighborhood. And so we're, we're taking right. them into a, a situation or an area where there's creeks where they can go down and play and get wet. There's pirate ships. There's mazes. There's castles. There's hiking. There's... You know, bugs. Yes. You know, uh, teach them how. To- I was getting ready to say, Mark, just the little things. You know, all, all the amenities are great, but just watching the kids freak out for seeing a skunk in person live <laughs> yeah. for the very first time in their lives. You know, little things like that, I have you cracking up out there. <laughs> Yeah, it's like you're good until he lays his uh, tail down on his back. Then you better run fast. So one of the programs we had was at uh, at, at the Barack Obama School in Pagedale. Karee, how many yes. youth did you have in that program? We had uh, just over 95 youth wow. that, that signed up. Wow, and that's great. And what huge. the school did, they rotated them in, in sessions. So we would use the cafeteria, and they, they kind of built it into the, the academic day so that all the kids would be able to participate. And it, it was packed. Yeah. It was, Which is interesting, yeah. because if you went to a, another school district or something uh, around, you know, in the central corridor of St. Louis— and they had a they had a troop or a pack. You know, the largest pack that I've ever seen uh, is about sixty kids. Yeah. So that I to me, there's they're starving for this type of adventure mm-hmm. uh, in North County. And the Barack Obama School story is just a, a fantastic story because there's over ninety youth that are excited about it. They want to be there. They're there every day. It's great. Well, and that's that's a credit to what you guys are doing, and and how you are trying to you know build the youth in in our country uh, through the the scouting program. If parents are out there, or if there are some uh, people that want to volunteer, who maybe they think they needed to ask, or maybe they were like, "Well, I wasn't a scout, and you know, I don't really know what to do, and I don't think I can help." You need some volunteers to do some of these things. It's kind of what we've been talking about. How can they assist, or what what should they do? You know, well, first and foremost, we look at uh, our, our training. Um, youth protection training is the very first thing that they should take. Um, understanding, you know, how to handle themselves around around youth and, and youth activities. But there are also leader specific trainings that we offer. Um, most of them can be online, especially during this time. That's crucial because there's not a lot of in-person training and in-person meetings that we can do. But those are two of the the quickest ways um, I would say they can get involved. Because you're right, the parents would want to help, but if they're not familiar with the scouting program, and a lot of them in the Urban Corps are not, um, until they get out, you know, at at a camping event or at a scouting event for the first time, and they're like, oh, okay, now I see what you guys are talking about, and they're much more at ease, you know, about, you know, stepping into an assistance or in a leadership role. But I would say, first of all, youth protection, and then second of all, the leader-specific trainings they can go to, and we can help them with that. I will mention this, and I'm going to give a a little, not disclaimer, but a little caveat here, that when I pulled up the Boy Scouts of America's Facebook page, coming off from from the greater St. Louis area, and I got your Facebook page, I will tell you what started to occur in my feed was Boy Scout abuse claim information. I was aghast at how quickly the algorithms 
had thrown those things up. So, and and I know in any organization, and this is it doesn't have to be the uh, Scout BSA. It could be the Girl Scouts. It could it's the, the church. It's any any organization has individuals who will misuse the organization for their own personal gain. This could be city government. This could be police, fire, could be teachers. You know, we're reading about that here in the local Kirkwood School District. And so for people to exclaim that, oh, gee, the Boy Scouts of America, the Scout BSA, you know, they've got some abuse stuff. That's horrible. Folks, it happens in every organization. And it just happens bigger because organizations that are bigger, sometimes things happen larger. You guys want to ad- address a little of that and, and give uh, some people some comfort with what, what's what been going on and, and how the uh, local and national groups have been dealing with that? Yeah, sure, sure. The, um, go ahead. <laughs> so, so as far as the abuse issue that you speak of, you know, we're heartbroken that any child, you know, was harmed. Uh, and their time in, in, in scouting. I mean, that's uh, one, one, is, one is too many, that's for certain. Yes. Um, I think about 87% of these uh, cases happened prior to 1987, and some go back as far as the 40s. They've just kind of come to life because of the state statute limitations and whatnot. But when the, when the National Boy Scouts of America decided to file for Chapter 11 to reorganize, they did that to, to make sure that victims were handled equitably, yeah. right? So that there was, you know, a fund there to make sure that everyone was getting the help and support and maybe even compensation that, that, that they needed. Uh, yes. So the youth protection training um, is a very involved training procedure, and Cree brought up just, just a while ago, uh, in short, here we call uh, YPT, it's Youth Protection Training, and it, 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 there's per, they have to go through the training. There's background checks that they have to go through. There's no one-to-one contact allowed, not even in texting or emails. If there's ever a youth involved in electronic communication, an adult is always copied you know, with them. So there are so many barriers of protection right there, and the ways to be able to report that is very easy. We have email systems set up, and of course, all of the local council uh, leadership as well. Um, scouting is very, very safe, probably safer than, than, than ever. Safety is our number one priority, and we're very unhappy that a few people used our, our format, or any format actually, uh, to do harm to anyone. Right. I appreciate that statement, Dave, because it, it is using a, a format or a platform for personal gain and at the expense of children. And that is horrific in my mind, and um, it's it's just unconscionable. I, I just don't get that. But I, I wanted to let people know that, hey, this just isn't the scouts. This happens everywhere. But I think when things came out in the Catholic Church and then people felt, I think, more comfortable talking about it, it seemed to be something that we didn't, as a society, want to talk about. We wanted to dismiss, and we don't talk about those things. Parents would say that. It's a different time right now, and I appreciate the openness of the organization and the willingness to provide support 
and counseling and whatever's needed for those who have been victims of abuse. So thank you, gentlemen, for, for that information. Yes. And we appreciate we appreciate the question and, and, and giving us the opportunity to, to speak to it. Thank you. Yeah, the, the scouts, in my experience, like I said, I was a Cub Scout, was not a Boy Scout, but in dealing with uh, scouts and the things that they do, they, they really do live up to their mission, their law, and their oath. And as, as kind of some closing questions here for both of you gentlemen what has been the important thing that you have found being affiliated with the scouting program and we'll start with you first Dave well so I I'm in a unique situation um, uh, I had three boys go through the program I just joined the organization about a year ago as the director of marketing so I, I see it from both sides and I see it every day in my three sons, uh, what they do for the community, what they do for themselves to keep themselves fit, the values that they have. Um, I see it every day, and they were the best times of my life We're going through uh, this, this program with them. Their friends are the same. When I get a chance to get out into the camps, which hasn't been too often because of, of, of COVID, that you know, changed our, what we did. Um, you see it same. You see it same thing. You see people coming together, and you see them working as one. And that's what today's all about: is working together as one to get the job done. Karee, what what are your thoughts on on that? The impressions that the scouting I, program has left on you. I appreciate the fact Dave used the word together. Uh, even, using that to talk about what what I have seen over the past what fifteen years, regardless of economic status, regardless of the part of the city you lived in, regardless of color. One thing that I really do appreciate, and it really stuck out with me my first several years, because I've all, I, I seem to have always been into, in tough-to-serve areas uh, when I'm, I'm dealing with scouting. And I was not encouraged when I first joined you know, the organization, and they said, okay, well, this is the part of the city, of Kansas City, you'll be your servant. And I said, okay, I'm like, I don't know if these kids are going to be excited about this. And I was, I was proven wrong. And, and I, I've stood on that, and, and I continue to see that, how excited kids get when they get the opportunity to get out to our facilities, when they get the opportunity to go through the program, um, when parents can see, you know, how great the program is. That was encouraging to me. It did not matter where I was. It didn't matter, you know, whose kids I had. The level of excitement was always there. That's the part that sticks with me. And even coming to St. Louis is still the same sentiment. So that's what I know. That's how I know there's something to our program. That's know. huge, and then that should make uh, you feel really good that you're you're making an impact in in kids' lives. And I, I know probably when you talk to them, they just light up when you're talking about all these activities. Is that right? They do. They do. And the, it's kind of a blessing and a curse, if you will, the, the showing the times that we live in. These kids are now being conditioned. Parents are doing a very good job of letting them know exactly what <laughs> what the economic situations are. And so uh, you've got second graders, first graders, and third graders. How much does it cost? I'm like, how do you even know to ask me that? You know, <laughs> but right. you know, I, I still find myself being able to say, don't let that be a deterrent. If you want to join. You know, have your parent or guardian bring you to the recruitment or whatever. But kids know, you know, and, and to be able to say we still have the ability to, to provide assistance, still come and join and we'll see what we can do, and they still show up. You know, that, that's, that's pretty cool to see. 
That's tremendous. We've been talking to Karee Floyd, District Director at Greater St. Louis Area Council for the Boy Scouts of America, and Dave Chambliss, Director of Marketing, Scout BSA. Gentlemen, thanks very much for your time this morning. Greatly appreciate it, and uh, kudos to you for your involvement with this organization and how you are building the youth of our country. Thank you so much for having us really good time. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please take time to like and share this and other episodes of St. Louis in Tune that can be found on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. Thank you for listening. I'm Arnold Strickland.